Welcome to episode 202 of the Bear Marriage Podcast. I'm Sheila Ray Gregoire from bearmarriage.com, where we like to talk about healthy, evidence-based biblical advice for your sex life and your marriage. Are you ready for Barbie? That is right. Today, we are going to talk the Barbie movie because so many people have asked for it. And I am joined by my husband, Keith. Hey, everybody. Um, and Rebecca's going to be joining us later. We're not only going to talk about Barbie. I have some really cool stuff to share about South Korean women and what it tells us about the evangelical church. So lots of interesting stuff coming. Um, but we finally saw the Barbie movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It took us forever. I know. I think Rebecca and Connor saw it on like opening weekend. <laughs> <laughs> and opening day. Opening day, Rebecca says. And we... Uh, we well, first of all, my back was out. We had family stuff. We went on vacation. vacation. We went away. We came back. You had, Your back went out. You got COVID. COVID. And so <laughs> we finally got to see it. Um, and so now peop- I've had so many messages asking me what I thought, and I get to share them with you today. I do need to say, though, that if you have been wondering what we have all thought, there are a certain group of people that know what Rebecca thought, at least, and that have been having great conversations about Mm -hmm. the Barbie movie and about all kinds of things. Um, And that's our patron group. Uh, There's a couple of hundred people in it. We have so much fun on Facebook. Um, It's super personal. People get to know us behind the scenes. We've even been talking about the the big hurricanes in California and praying for some of the people, Mm -hmm. some of our patrons who are there. And in October, when Keith and I hit the uh, hit the road in our RV. We're going to be visiting some of our patrons as we go um, across the border into the U.S. So I'm really excited about that. So you can join us on our patron group at patreon.com slash bearmarriage. Mm-hmm. Little as $5 a month. That's Make right. Make a big difference. That's Change the right. conversation. Yes, you can help support our research. Okay, babe. Yeah. Barbie. Yeah. It was fun. Actually, I really liked it. Yeah, I did too. Yeah. And, you know, it it, I, it was great. It was It was cute. I, it, it was funny. It was funny. It didn't need to be like life changing, super serious, but it was just, I think it made a great point. Before we get into the meat of it, I do want to say two quick caveats that I think are important. Mm-hmm. And one is that I do agree with a lot of the critics about the whitewashing of Mattel. I think that there are some major issues with with the company, um, with the composition, the CEOs, with some of the toys they've got. So, you know, I, I, I am a little bit uncomfortable with movies that, that tend to whitewash a company. So I, I get that. And, you know, when I used to speak um, more at women's events and marriage conferences, one of the funniest routines I did was with a Barbie um, complaining about the body image issues that Barbie had caused and ideas like that. I can never do that routine again now. (laughs) But but I do get like the critiques about especially the body image issues around Barbie. So, you know, I I know there's there's there are some issues um, and I'm not trying to ignore them, but I I just want to talk about kind of the content of the Barbie movie yeah. today. That that was amazing because you said, I do have some concerns about the Barbie movie, right? Mm-hmm. And then you actually said some things that I think are fairly intelligent. And, you know, those are some things to really think about because those are really important issues that to raise. Uh, whereas what I'm used to hearing online is, you know, I have some criticism about the Barbie movie. If you're a Christian, you should never see it because it's woke propaganda yeah. and satanic demons will enter your brain. You know, like yeah. it's just crazy the level of... Uh, like yeah. fear that they're trying to generate over this movie. It's, yeah, we it's, had that satanic. And, and I, so I went thinking, oh my gosh, I'm going to get this like earful of feminism and it's going to be so heavy. And it's like, no, no, like, no, it just wasn't like that. It's crazy. So as a guy, did you feel offended? No, <laughs> like it's a movie, like relax. It's just, I don't understand it. I didn't get it. Yeah. I, th- I think that, I mean, it, 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 it asked and answered some questions that I think are important questions to talk about. And, mm-hmm. and I think that if you 
have a very particular view of things and like oh, can, we, can we do spoilers for the movie i don't want to do spoilers I think, I think it's okay i think most people have already seen it but one of the things that happens is barbie lives in barbie land okay and barbie land is for barbies Mm-hmm. And so the Kens are sort of like sidekicks to the Barbies. Mm-hmm. And one of the lines is, Barbie has a great day every day. Ken only has a good day when Barbie looks at him, right? Mm-hmm. That's that's mm-hmm. one of the things at the beginning. And this is it's obviously meant to be sort of a, a rib at the real world where women are often, you know, seen as clinging on to men, right? Uh, and so, like, for instance, like the Bechdel test. Are you going to talk about that with the Barbie movie? But yeah. The, yeah. Rebecca and I are going to do that okay, I won't. I won't, I won't steal the thunder and talk about that. But like... Women are often portrayed as only in relationship to men. So Mm -hmm. having a world where men are only seen in relationship to women is actually kind of funny and interesting Mm -hmm. for me. So if you're the kind of person who is really, really invested Mm -hmm. in preserving a world where women only exist in relationship to men... You might be offended, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> because these deeper issues you 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 don't want to deal with them. Later in the movie, they go into the real world mm-hmm. and they see the real world is actually run by men, mm-hmm. and Ken takes that back and makes Barbie Land a patriarchy. Yeah, and then what happens is she comes back and restores, you know, things and all that kind of stuff. One of the ways that Barbie does that is they actually voice the cognitive dissonance of what it's like to be a woman. In mm-hmm. the real world. Yep. And that snaps women out of it. And so the thing with this movie is, for a lot of people, it's going to make them realize there's a lot of cognitive dissonance going on here. Yeah. And so if you, you kind of like you have to be attract, You have to be attractive, but not yes. so attractive that you tempt men. Um, you know, if you're going to turn men down, you can't do it too harshly or they'll get offended. You can't, like, yeah, you have to be, you have to speak up, but not too directly or they'll yeah. think they're not respected it's like over and over and over again yeah. you have to do this but it's like it's like um i had that one post where i was looking at a hundred ways uh it was a handout from the biblical counseling center a yes. hundred ways that you could sin against your husband and <sighs> one of them was and, and two of them were first of all you have to be attractive so you have to be sure that you're attractive yes. but then another one was you can't be offensively attractive so it's like <laughs> you have to be attractive but not offensively attractive and it's just how are we supposed to do that yeah. and you just can't ever win and there was that moment where america ferreira um who plays a woman in the real world she gives this monologue about how difficult it is to be a woman that is the thing well, how impossible how impossible literally it is impossible it is and yeah even I, I know when in the opening weekend everyone was always clapping when that speech came on but even yeah. in even in our um theater when the movie had been out for like a month people were still like wow and clapping so yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and so it's just it's just completely unjust mm-hmm. and so as a christian you when you're presented with this, you you have to go, wait, this is unjust. Mm-hmm. But if your whole worldview requires the status quo to stay the same, yeah. that's going to be really uncomfortable for you. Because somewhere you're going to have to acknowledge in your brain that you want to perpetuate an unjust system. Mm-hmm. And that's going to be uncomfortable. And some people are going to react yeah. kind of emotionally to that. I think one of the biggest and most important parts of the movie is, is at the end when it's clear that Barbie is just not going to get together with Ken. You know, she just doesn't see him that way. And by that, I mean like the Margot Robbie Barbie character and the Ryan Gosling Ken Ken. character, because there are other Barbies and Kens. And they're all called Barbie. And, and they're, they're all, all called, called Barbie. Ken. And they're all called Ken. <laughs> and, and Ryan Gosling is like, but who am I? Because it's Ken and Barbie. And then Barbie says, well, maybe it's, Ken, it's Barbie and it's Ken. Mm-hmm. 
You know, so it's not like Barbie and Ken, but it's Barbie and it's Ken. And that's actually quite an important line. Mm -hmm. And it's like, you are enough and you need to figure out who you are without. Yeah, he's Kenneth. He's Kenneth. And, you know, I I thought that was so important because, and and I read an interview by, uh, of Greta Gerwig, who made the movie, who who wrote it and, and produced it and made it. And she said, you know, that in many ways it was hearkening back to the Genesis story, um, where we often interpret it as one gender being created for the other. Yes. Like where one gender is created to support the other and really doesn't have an identity outside of the other. Mm-hmm. Um, and that in church has been so much of women's history. Mm-hmm where we haven't been able to have identities outside of our relationships with men. There's that whole umbrella of authority thing that Bill Gothard did, right? Where unless a woman is under a man's umbrella of authority, she's uh, uh, out of Christ's protection and she's under the umbrella of Satan, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, where women just exist for men. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not healthy. And, the, and that's what the movie shows. is like, if it's not healthy when men do it, then it's not healthy when women do it either. So if it's not healthy for men to only yeah. exist for women. Well, that's the thing I was thinking is so many guys saying in Barbie land, the men have no identities. They're just, all they do is it's just their relationship to Barbie. They have no identity of themselves. Isn't that horrible? Mm-hmm. And it's just like all the women, women responding saying, you're so close. <laughs> you're almost <laughs> you're getting so it. Close. You're so close. Exactly. <laughs> because like they don't blink when yeah. it's an all male Supreme court. When it's an all-male, like, CEO and, and board of directors, when it's all-male, these things. But, like, the idea of an all-female Supreme Court is just, they're losing their minds. It's yeah. crazy because yeah. that's so horribly wrong. And it's like, really? You just don't get it. Like, yeah, you just don't just, see. You know, there is this amazing um, Instagram reel that was shared in our patron group. I don't know anything else about this creator, but I, I want to credit her with it and okay. play it because I don't like stealing other people's ideas. And I got this idea from her. So I'm going to play this reel that talks about how it sees masculinity. So most people have been like joking about the male backlash to the Barbie movie, but I actually think we should be taking this backlash to the Barbie movie seriously. What's interesting is that Barbie was always seen as a da- as a danger to girls because girls would would perhaps only see themselves as Barbie, or that they they would feel a need to like conform right to this ideal of femininity. But men who hate the Barbie movie hate the Barbie movie because they only see themselves as Ken. When in fact, I don't think Ken actually represents men in the Barbie movie. I think that Ken represents the idealized masculinity that traps men. Ken is actually the only character that is never really free. So I know what you're thinking. If Ken is not men, who's men in the movie? Alan! Yes, this is my book, Photoshopped for the Love of Ken, with the unsung feminist hero of the Barbie movie. He is protecting and providing for women. He defends his community and like beats up like 20 construction workers. He's an independent thinker. He doesn't follow the Kens. He's also never controlled by the women or needs to control them. Most important lines in the film is when the narrator Helen Mirren says, there are no multiples of Alan. Like that's the goal of getting rid of patriarchy is for each man to be their own man and not feel this sense to conform in a world of Ken's. Will you choose to be an Alan? I love that. Just be an Alan. We're supposed to be an Alan. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Because I think one of the things that it highlights is the point of the movie is not to say men have hurt women for so long. It's time for women to get back at men. Mm -hmm. Right? Mm -hmm. Like, like it's patriarchy hurts women. Yeah. It also stunts men. 
and it does not let men flourish either. Uh, like, I mean, men get to be in charge, but it's ultimately not for their, their good. Yeah. It, it harms them as well, too. Not in the same direct ways as it harms women. I don't mean to minimize what patriarchy is mm-hmm. to women. But it's not that it's a good thing for men, ultimately, either. And I think that's what she's kind of saying there. Yeah, exactly. And like, yeah, Alan, Alan gets to just be Alan. And in doing so, you know, he's his own person. And he makes great decisions. And he's just a good guy. Mm-hmm. And that's what we should be aiming for. But instead, what happens is, you know, you're everyone's trying to be the top dog. Mm-hmm. And there's a great book um, by Carolyn Custis James. She just came out with another edition of this, actually, um, called Maelstrom. She, her first book was about how um, patriarchy hurts women. But this is really about how patriarchy hurts men, too. And how the Bible, when you look at it, is actually over and over and over again dismantling patriarchy. You know, so patriarchy says it's about money. It's about status. The Bible says, no, it's not. Patriarchy says the firstborn, you know, gets is the most important and patriarchy and, and, and the Bible is constantly upending that and chooses Jacob over Esau and chooses Judah over Reuben and chooses, you know, it, it often chooses someone who isn't necessarily the firstborn. Mm-hmm. And over and over again, patriarchy is upended because patriarchy hurts men when you have to always get to the top. Mm-hmm. You know, you have to always succeed. You have to always beat everybody else. Then the people that can actually help you find self-actualization and figure out who you are and your purpose, you end up stepping on them mm-hmm. and using them because yeah. patriarchy is all about how you use people, not how you actually become vulnerable and form relationships. Yeah, because the whole point is, where are you in the pecking order? Mm-hmm. Like, that's the point. It's all about the yeah. hierarchy. Right. And so yeah. when people say like, it's very, very important for you to realize there's hierarchy in marriage. The man mm-hmm. is in charge. The woman is the second in command. That's really, really, really important. Yeah. And then everything Jesus says is the last shall be first. Mm-hmm. You know, whoever wishes to be the greatest must be the servant of all. And like it totally throws all of that out the window. It completely yeah. flips it. It's just it's just they don't see it. They say. Jesus would promote hierarchy, except that he never does anywhere in the Gospels. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So. And of course, I mean, and I, I really, I think it's so interesting that um, when you look at the original Barbie land, Barbie world, uh, before yeah. the patriarchy enters, right. the women weren't in competition with each other. They were all, hi, Barbie. Hi, hi Barbie. Barbie. <laughs> they were all having a great time with each other. And they also weren't harmful to the men or expecting the men to serve them. That's right. They right. just, the men just, they just didn't ignored matter. the men. The men just the didn't men matter. Just didn't to matter them. Yeah. Right? yeah. So they weren't actually, yeah, putting the men in subordinate positions. They just simply didn't matter to them. Yeah. Um, but when the men started vying for power and vying for women, then they started to fight each other. Yeah. And that's where a lot of this came in. And of course, you know, the great scene with Simu, Simu Lu, who's, I, any Canadian has to like, yeah. Oh, there's a lot of Asian lot of, Ken. Lot Asian of Ken from Canadian Kennergy in this yes, movie. Yes, <laughs> exactly. You know, from Canada's amazing um, uh, sitcom Kim's Convenience. Yeah, yep. really there. Which, by the way, is filmed like around the corner from where you and I lived, and we yeah. had babies. So yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> so that was like our neighborhood. Yeah. Yep. So, but that great big scene with Simu and and Ryan, mm-hmm. and they were having yeah. a massive dance off, fight off, sing off. Right. Kind of. And it's like, what would happen if you just got to be an Alan? And why is it that we think that 
Alan is like a gay, gay, because I've seen that so many times. Alan is gay. Um, because he's not ripped or something the way that... Oh, but he beats up all those construction but workers. But he beats right? up all the construction. It's just, it's so funny. Anyway. I find it so funny. Okay. Something that sure. people are also losing their minds over. Okay. Which I couldn't figure out what they were even talking about when I saw this critique. I'm like, I saw the movie. I don't have a clue what you mean. Is when people were saying that it's totally against the pro-life position. Mm-hmm. And, oh, really? Yeah. Okay. And yeah. I told you one of the reasons why. There's a yeah. second reason. So, yeah. Well, I think you said something before about like the, at the beginning of the movie. Okay. This is another spoiler. Mm-hmm. The beginning of the movie, there's a bunch of girls playing with dolls and then they smash all the baby dolls. Yeah. Like, and they break them and they break, like the heads break and stuff like that too. So they were seeing that as like infanticide. Is that Yeah. I think that it, it was against babies and against a motherhood. That's not like, okay. When people make this critique. You have to wonder, did you even watch the movie and listen to what it was saying? Yeah, yeah. Because that was not the point of that scene. But if you wanted to find an excuse to critique Barbie, right. you could take 30 seconds of that, right. blow it up, put it as an illustration in a sermon about this godless movie that is attacking babies when that was not what that scene was about. Yeah. And there's like this whole monologue that goes along with that scene that explains what it's about. That's actually quite cool. It's actually, it was quite funny. This is one of the things, it's, it's like a, almost a shot for shot yeah. Um, it's like an homage, I guess you call it, of yeah. the opening of 2001 A Space Odyssey, right? Mm-hmm. With the great big monolith and mm-hmm. like all the Neanderthal, like Neanderthals with their like bones and stuff, you know, banging on things. It's 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 quite a yeah. cute shot homage to a previous movie. Right. But the point of it was what they were saying was that, you know, for years, girls could only play with baby dolls because the only thing they were allowed to pretend to be was mothers. And so yeah. their play period was was trying to prime them to be mothers because that's the only thing girls were allowed to think about yeah. as they grew up. And then Barbie came because the point was, and this was what the inventor of Barbie said, is they wanted to give girls the chance to imagine being an adult that wasn't necessarily a mother. And mm-hmm. so you had Barbies of all these different professions. And that's why Barbie in Barbie World actually thinks that they have fixed the real world by showing little girls that you can be all these different things. Yeah. You can be an astronaut and a physicist and a doctor and a president and the Supreme Court justice. You can be all of these things. Um, and that was the point of it. And people took that scene to mean that it's against motherhood, yeah. which is nuts because the very end of the movie... One of the main takeaways was um, America Ferreras, who's a woman in the real world, her plea to create an ordinary Barbie where it's okay if you're just a mom. It's okay if you decide not to be a mom. It's okay if like you're a working mom and the, the husband looks after the kids. Like all of these things are okay. It's allowed to just be ordinary. You don't have to have an amazing job. And that is the point that we need to stop just making amazing Barbies and also make ordinary Barbies because all of those choices are good. And so to think that it's against motherhood, it's simply not. And when pastors or social media tells you that it is, it means they have not watched the movie and they haven't watched it fairly and they're looking for reasons to bash it. But there's a second reason that they say that it's anti, that it's, that it's not pro-life. Do you know what that second reason is? No, what's that? I had no idea either. Because again, and I've seen the movie, okay? Okay. And like, like I am pro-life, like I don't even get it, right? It's Midge. You know, the pregnant Barbie that's always ostracized? They say because they're ostracizing the pregnant Barbie, this means that they don't like pregnant women. 
Okay, so did anybody know about Midge before this movie? No. Now we all do. Like, Midge got kind of highlighted. Yeah, no, but here's the funny part. Do you know? Okay, so so in the movie, what one of the things they do is they show all the Barbies that, that were released by Mattel. Uh-huh. And then Mattel had to take them back because it was a really stupid idea. Uh-huh. Like, one of them was the Skipper doll that I still right. own. <laughs> it, it was only available from 1975 to 1977. And I had it as a little girl. But Skipper was like... It start, she starts out at like 11 or something and then you you pull her arm and all of a sudden she gets taller. She gets this really thin waist and really big boobs, okay? <laughs> so it's like to show kids about puberty and this lasted two years until people realized that's like a really dumb idea. And in the movie, they show the Skipper doll and agree <laughs> that it's a dumb idea. So they have a variety of Barbies that were released and then were taken back and that's part of the comedy of the, yeah, yeah. Of the movie is all of these Barbies that are sort of off to the side that aren't the main deal because they were taken yeah, yeah. back and Midge was one of them. So, so Mattel released a pregnant Barbie. Okay. Yeah. And the world went ballistic, including a lot of Christians. I actually remember this. This was right. in 2002 yeah. and people were complaining, including a lot of Christians that it was glorifying teen pregnancy. Right. And so Mattel took it back. All right. So, and, and now, 40 years later, 50 years later, they're well, criticizing... No, no, that... 20 years later, because okay. it was in the height of purity culture, 2002. Oh, okay. 2002. Okay. So Christians lose their... their Minds over this. Their minds over this yeah. in 2002, but how can we glorify teen pregnancy? And it wasn't just Christians, but they were a big part of it. Yeah. I remember this. And now those same Christians are saying, see, <laughs> the Barbie movie <laughs> is isolating... Um, or is is denigrating pregnant women because it's making fun of Mitch. When you're you can't you can't blame the movie for making fun of Mitch when you're the reason that, that, that Mitch was recalled. Like yeah. make up your mind. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Again, cognitive dissonance. <laughs> so it's it's not an anti yeah life movie it really isn't no exactly so again if your pastor is telling you this that is a sign that they have an agenda and they haven't actually watched the movie fairly and it's not an anti-men movie either too because no like at the beginning they're in barbie land where women run everything and men are side are just side notes Mm -hmm. then they go to the real world and they see what happens here and then the real world comes invading into barbie land then when barbie comes back she doesn't put it back to exactly the way it was before Mm -hmm. like it's like it is now instead of saying you know, we're going to go back to everything the way it was before and you men get back in your place. Mm-hmm. It's, we all need to bring to the table what we each uniquely have to give. Like Ken is, is um, lamenting that, well, who am I now? It's, it's Barbie and Ken. And like, mm-hmm. it's, it's just, it's Barbie and it's Ken. You yeah. each have something you can give. And, and so it's very much about valuing both because what I see happening a lot in some sections of the church is they talk about how, you know, men and women are supposed to both have these roles that complement each other. But it's like, if we complement each other, we both should have a voice at the table. If we mm-hmm. both, if we aren't, if we're both so different and God has given unique things to each of us, then we silence either one at our peril. Mm-hmm. And we have historically silenced women. That is provable historic fact. The, in the Barbie movie, they don't silence the men at the end. They want everyone mm-hmm. to speak. Um, yeah. They just want the Ken, if mm-hmm. he wants to be on the Supreme Court, to have some credentials. To yes. not just you <laughs> know. have some experience first. <laughs> exactly. Yes. And yes. that's and not just fair. do beach. You can't just beach and then expect <laughs> to be on the Supreme Court. Exactly. So. All right. 
Well, I'm going to bring your daughter on now. Sounds good. And we're going to talk about it. Thank you for your thoughts. (laughs) I have brought my daughter, Rebecca Lindenbuck, onto the podcast. Hello. And we also have a special guest for those of you on YouTube. Rebecca found... I found Growing Up Skipper. Growing Up Skipper. I found it. Now, her arm no longer works. Because Katie and I spent so many years making her boobs get bigger. Yes. So her (laughs) boobs, she's she's forever in the 11. She's forever 11. She has definite weird Barbie vibes. She has definite. (laughs) And I will say, uh, we got all my mom's Barbies when I I must have been like, what, like nine years old when you gave us your Barbies? Mm -hmm. And uh, they were a lot less weird Barbie vibes (laughs) when we first got them uh they were very well taken care of yes and then you guys got to them yeah. oh well that's okay um so all right any thoughts that you wanted to add about the barbie movie <sighs> i have lots of thoughts i loved the barbie movie connor loved the barbie movie connor actually specifically did lawn like specifically planned out laundry to make sure that his pink polo shirt would be ready for when we went for our date night <laughs> so he was very into it uh i i think the thing that i find so so the reason that I loved the Barbie movie, I'll say this, okay? Because mm-hmm. everyone thinks, oh, people just love us. Have some some agenda that they like. And that's actually not what it is for me. I love that there's so many things happening right now, like around the world in media, that are just pure feminine joy. Yeah. It's just a sisterhood experience. Mm-hmm. Like we went to Barbie opening night, the 720 showing opening night. So like mm-hmm. the showing. Like you could not walk in the movie theater because it was packed full of girls women wearing pink right mm-hmm. and everyone's going hi barbie hi barbie <laughs> hi yeah. barbie right and like even now like when you're walking around and i see someone like totally in pink i'm like hey barbie and they're like hi barbie <laughs> except for one woman i did it to who did not know what i was talking about and okay. it was so embarrassing <laughs> but it's still worth it it's still worth it yeah no but i think i think there's just there's been for so long in, in all the media that we pretty much consume there's this idea that the male is the standard, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, think about the not like other girls trope, right? Even think about the things that, think about hobbies and music, right? Like if you like Taylor Swift, you're basic. But if you're a girl who likes ACDC, you're cool. Mm-hmm. What's the difference? Yeah. Like genuinely, Taylor Swift is one of the most like well-renowned artists who writes all of her own music she's genuinely very good and she is globally beloved by fans the only problem is that her fans are female yeah and she she's an amazing musician she's 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 tackled so many different musical genres and she's done them all amazing very 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 few artists have had as many genre shifts as she has Mm -hmm. she has done folk music she's done indie music she's done pop she's done we all know she's done country. country yeah, we, like, she's done so many different things, and I think that this is this is the kind of thing that a lot of us are just kind of tired of. Where I think there's a lot of women who just want to be allowed to be women and to like being girls mm-hmm. and to like being girly sometimes, and not be called ditzy and frivolous for it. Yeah, you know, just be like, I just want to enjoy, you know, what. Like, I just want to enjoy this part of me instead of having to constantly say, well, I'm not like that. I'm not like other girls. Because look at the difference. For example, a guy mm-hmm. who says, well, I'm not like other guys. What does he mean? He's well, I'm not I'm not a jerk. Mm-hmm. But he doesn't mean I'm not I'm one of the girls. Mm-hmm. That's not what he means. He means not I'm one of the guys, but I'm just not what, like those ones. Mm-hmm. When a girl says, like, I'm not like other girls, she says, well, I'm one of the guys. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Like we are trained from such a young age to see things that are girly as secondary you know, I mean, even the, even think about 
the hobbies that you have as a young boy, like, or the interests you have, like, it, boys are tend to be socialized to like trucks and, you know, machinery and, uh, you know, like things like the superheroes and things that grown men are also into. Mm-hmm. How many grown women do you know who still collect Barbies? Right. No, because as soon as we're grownups, what are our hobbies supposed to be? They're supposed to be, and I'm, I have, this is my list of hobbies, gardening, <laughs> right? You're supposed to be super into cooking or maybe you're like really into, sure, you can be into art. That's fine. You can be into art. Scrapbooking. But, but, like, but like a lot of it's very family oriented, decoration oriented, home oriented, and those things are not bad things. It's just that for us to do the things that are girlhood oriented, the same way that guys are allowed to have things that 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 activates the inner joy of their childhood. Girls don't have those things. We're mm-hmm. supposed to leave those in childhood. And then when we do have something, yeah, a pastor decides to bash it. Well, and it's held to stage. an impossible standard. You yeah. have the Barbie movie where some people are saying it didn't go far enough and others are saying it went too far and it's like why isn't it just allowed to be? Mhm. Yeah. Yeah. Why isn't it? I think that's a great question. Let's talk about the Bechdel test. Yeah. Because you and I were talking about this and then I looked up a whole bunch of stats for it. Are you ready? Awesome. Okay. So the Bechdel test, I'll explain it quickly because you're going to tell all the stats. Yeah, sure. Explain it. The Bechdel mm-hmm. test is a test that's used in media to us to just see if it passes even the most basic sexism kind of mm-hmm. uh, or mo- not sexism, but just female representation. Okay. okay. So there's three components. There's three components. Has to have Two named female characters. Okay. They have to talk. To each other. To each other. About something other than a man. That's it. That's it. Two characters with names. Yes. Who have to talk to each other about something other than a man. So they just have to have a conversation. So does it have female representation? That's really the question. And about half of movies don't pass that test. Yep. They, that that simple thing they don't pass that test now think about how men have so many men and especially christians are losing their minds about the barbie movie but do women lose their minds over james bond and how yes. james bond shows women well uh, even even simpler oppenheimer doesn't mm-hmm. pass the bechdel test yeah no one's calling that one an affront to women no one's talking about how no one's bashing uh i mean what would they bash a nuclear bomb yeah with the bible <laughs> like what are they doing the the out the outrage is not there so yeah the barbie movie might not represent men as anything other than how they typically represent women but mm-hmm. no one's getting mad at how they represent women yeah I know. It's like, it's crazy. And the funny thing is, people will say, well, maybe they just don't put women in movies because it doesn't make money. That's not true. So Look let at me, the Barbie let movie. Let me read you this. Let me read you this. Okay, so there was an analysis done from 2013, and they found that movies that passed the Bechdel test earned $4.22 billion in the US, while those that failed earned $2.66 billion, leading them to cl- conclude that a way for Hollywood to make money would be to put more women on screen. A 2014 study from 538, based on data from 1,615 films released from 1990 to 2013, concluded that the median budget of films that passed the test was 35% lower than that of the others. But but they had a 37% higher return on investment. <laughs> so they're not paying as much and spending as much on these movies, but they make a whole lot more money. Yeah. And in 2018, the Creative Artists Agency analyzed revenue for, and budget data from the 350 top grossing films of 2014 to 2017. They concluded that female-led films financially outperformed other films and that those that passed the Bechtel test, 60% of films, significantly outperformed the others. 
She, they denoted that of all films since 2012, which took in more than a billion dollars, all had passed the test. That's amazing. So why is it that we don't have more movies yeah. that just do more than two female named characters? No, not even more. They just have to have two. They just have two who talk to each other, who have a conversation with each other about, about something, something other than other a man. man. That should not. That's The bar is so low. It's in the basement. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't pass it. The uh, and and when you look at the average talking time of characters in movies, I think the ones nominated for best uh, for best picture in two thousand nineteen, the average was twenty percent female. Well, and I'm looking, I'm thinking about the other big movies that are very like like female movies. Okay, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. female movies. You have Clueless, for example. Yeah. Love me, Clueless. love that movie. Oh, oh my gosh. F. And like, for people who don't know, movie. Clueless is Emma. Clueless yeah, is Jane. Is, is, I think we Jane talked about Austin's that in the Emma. Yeah, wait. Clueless but, is is yeah. camp classic. It's astounding, and if you haven't seen it, you have to watch it. It did not age particularly well, and it's the product of the '90s. But mm-hmm. it is it is a camp classic movie. Mm-hmm. Must watch. Um, but in that movie, it passes the reverse Bechdel test. There's tons of scenes where mm-hmm. named male characters talk about something other than a woman. Mm-hmm. there's tons of them i mean yeah. you even have like the scene where the stoner and uh, uh what's his name like the the stoner guy talks yeah. to the teacher they're both named i can't remember their names yeah. but they're both named and they talk about you know his 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 uh how late he's been and how, how yeah. he's off to be party. fair i don't remember the names of the main characters either so i remember the actresses but not the yeah. <laughs> characters yeah, names, exactly. so. yeah. Yeah. No, but and 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 in uh let's take another one right you have legally blonde uh, legally blonde right there's yeah of course warner and uh callahan talk about the case Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Warner and Hall- Callahan talk about the case. Uh, Warner, uh, Callahan, and Emmett talk about lots of stuff. Uh, mm-hmm. I obviously have watched Lily Blonde way more times than I've watched <laughs> Clueless. I know every single character in that movie. <laughs> no, but this, like, even like uh, when you look at like the stereotypical like man films, they're not passing the Bechdel test. Mm-hmm. The stereotypical female films primarily are. Even though they're for women, they still mm-hmm. have male representation as people, not just pieces of meat. Yeah. Yeah. And I I guess I I do find this really difficult that men and especially Christian men are so upset about this movie. And I do want to say this one thing, too. I think the thing that they're upset about is that the way that they see this movie, which I don't think is accurate, is that it portrays the ideal world as being female dominated. Mm -hmm. And then it switches to patriarchy. And Mm -hmm. then it puts it back to the way it should be, which is female dominated. Yeah, that's and that you completely missed the point of the movie. That's completely missed the point because... The original Barbie world is not supposed to be the ideal world. Barbie world exists only as a corrective to the real world. Mm -hmm. The point of Barbie world, and they make this point in the movie, the reason there's a Barbie world is to show girls that you can be all of these things. You can be whatever you dream. You don't need to be confined by the real world, which is trying to confine you. Mm -hmm. So Barbie world is not supposed to be this ideal world. It is supposed to be a corrective. It's a medication, right? We're not supposed to take medication unless there's something wrong, right? Like, yeah. And so girls are invited to have a safe place to imagine. And Christian pastors are trying to take that away and say that that is evil that these girls are imagining a world where 
they get to be anything. Yeah, where again, they're not even imagining ridiculing Ken. No one ridicules Ken. Barbie actually says, Ken, you're very brave. Yeah. Like she she actually is quite kind to Ken. She just doesn't like him. And that actually is, I think, the real issue that people are upset about mm. about the Barbie movie is it isn't that Barbie takes over or that Barbies yeah. have all the positions of authority. It's that in Barbie world, Barbie just doesn't really need Ken. Need Ken. Barbie's okay on her own. And that's what they're reacting to. And so I want to transition actually to talk about South Korea for a minute. Right, yeah, these articles. Yeah, so we're going to get out of Barbie. We're going to do the, we're going to do polar opposites here. We're going to come out of the, the, you know, fun toy movie media world and go into some actual stuff that's happening in South Korea. So I've been following um, some really interesting social trends that have been going on in the country. And uh, there's there was a really interesting article in The Atlantic, a really interesting article in The New York Times. Um, and I read The New York Times article, and then I bought the book that the woman who wrote the article wrote. And um, just showing what is going on in South Korea, where women are reacting to a society that is still heavily male dominated. Mm -hmm. And they've had a huge Me Too movement. Mm -hmm. um, it's the biggest Me Too movement in Asia. It's been really successful. Women have been fighting a lot, but what's really key and why this is in the news so much is that the birth rate in South Korea has dropped through the floor. Isn't it the lowest now? It's the lowest in the world, I believe. I may be wrong on that, but it's pretty darn close to the lowest in the world. And so South Korean women have largely gone on a marriage strike and a baby strike. Mm -hmm. Okay, so I have a whole bunch of quotes. I just pulled a whole bunch of quotes from all these articles that I want to read that kind of tell the story um, and then invite people to read more about it and look into it. Because I think I think the reason that this is important um, is that it mirrors what is happening in the evangelical church today in North America. So bear with me as I explain this, all right? So here we go. Let me read you this. A 2022 survey found that more women than men, 65% versus 48%, didn't want children. They're doubling down by avoiding matrimony and its conventional pressures altogether. The other term in South Korea for birth strike is marriage strike, and the trend is killing South Korea. For three years in a row, the country has recorded the lowest fertility rate in the world. So mm -hmm. yeah, we were right. With women of reproductive age having fewer than one child on average, it reached the dead cross when deaths outnumbered births in 2020, nearly a decade earlier than expected. Okay, the article goes on to say this. President Yoon Suk-yeol, elected last year, has suggested feminism is to blame for blocking healthy relationships between men and women. But he's got it backward. Gender equality is the solution to falling birth rates. Many of the Korean women shunning dating, marriage, and childbirth are sick of pervasive sexism and furious about a culture of violent chauvinism. Their refusal to be baby-making machines, quote, that, that's their quote, according to the protest banners I've seen, is retaliation. The birth strike is women's revenge on a society that puts impossible burdens on us and doesn't respect us, says Ginny Kim, 30, a sole office worker who's intent on remaining childless. Mm -hmm. And Ooh. so this is what's happening is like women, especially millennial women, are they're not dating. They're not having kids and they're totally happy um, doing that. There's there's something called the 4B in Korean, but it, oh. it's four no's, B in Korean. It translates to no somehow. And inherents say no to dating, no to sex with men, no to marriage, and no to childbirth. Mm -hmm. Okay, so they're all doing this. And it's largely because in South Korea... Um, they are able to be employed mm -hmm. and do okay. South Korea has still one of the largest gender pay gaps and um, 
it doesn't rank really high on Mm -hmm. measures of status of women, but they're able to do okay on their own. And so there is no benefit to getting married. Yeah, well, it's a a society where women have been encouraged to step into the roles typically taken on by men, but men have not been encouraged to step in and take on some roles commonly uh, used by women. Right. And gender-based violence is really common. Incel culture is huge there. Online incel culture, um, revenge porn, all of this is huge. And women are just saying, forget it. I don't want to be part of this. So here, let me read some more. Many young Korean men, however, have declared themselves victims of women's activism. President Yoon rose to power last year by leveraging this resentment. He echoed the dog whistle of men's rights advocates, declaring that structural sexism doesn't exist in South Korea and vowing tougher punishment for false reports of sexual assault. Yeah, because that's the problem. Mm-hmm. So women have protested. Mm-hmm. And then there's been a backlash and, and a huge incel backlash. Like if we think the incel culture is bad in North America, like what I've been reading in this book about the incel culture in South Korea, it's it's incredible. And the women are just saying, no, forget it. I don't need you. What I find funny, too, is that this is still showing that like half of women are still going to have babies, pretty much. Like it's just mm-hmm. under half. Yeah. Like it's not that much. Like like which shows women are having babies if they're finding people Mm-hmm. worth having babies with yes the problem is just that and you're in a culture that expects nothing of the men mm-hmm. really and expects the women to be able to do both a man and a woman's job mm-hmm. why on earth would you yeah yeah exactly and south korea has done everything they, they've spent 150 billion dollars in the last decade or two trying to get women to have babies so you're treated so well if you have a baby you know (laughs) like like they're trying to do everything and women just don't want and it's not they don't want babies Mm -hmm. it's that they don't want babies with these men and they would be happier on their own um in the Atlantic article, they tell the story of one 32-year-old woman. Mm-hmm. Um, she's single. She always thought she'd be married in her 20s. Um, but then she started looking around her and she just didn't want to marry any of these men. So she says she's gone on a few blind dates in the last few years. And she said she always found the men closed-minded with a traditional way of thinking. Men, she said, always want to debate with me. Why are you thinking that way? They all feel like they need to teach me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know um and then it goes on to talk about all the gender-based violence and the incel culture but there's other areas too where men are still really put under the stereotypical ken thing okay yeah. where a man is expected to pay for a house before he gets married mm. and, I'm, so, and it's so expensive it's, so, it's expensive. so expensive and so men are really in a bind as well Yeah, I mean, this is the same thing. It's like toxic cultures are going to be toxic, like for everyone. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So but South Korea has allowed, you know, has has come far enough that women can get good jobs. Uh But the mental load has not changed. Women are still um, supposed to totally look after all the childcare. They're the ones who are supposed to stop working if they have kids. Men simply do not help with housework in the same way. And um, what a number of studies have shown is that in cultures where women, um, where there's relative economic mobility and freedom for women, but the practices at home haven't changed from traditional patriarchy, the fertility rate drops. So Mm -hmm. Italy, yeah, they started noticing this in Italy first. Mm -hmm. Um, Japan, South Korea, you know, very different from countries like Sweden or Denmark, where mm-hmm. the fertility rates are actually starting to increase a little bit now <laughs> yeah, because women have choices and the men have really stepped up. Yeah. And I think this is that's exactly what this proves is, is we would just be silly if we thought, oh, this is just a South Korea problem. Of course, it's not. No. This is a human problem. 
Yeah. This is a human problem we're seeing everywhere. And in the evangelical church in particular, we're seeing this starting to happen. I mean, you wouldn't believe mm-hmm. how many messages we get from women who are like, I'm a really strong Christian. I love Jesus with everything in me. I cannot marry these men. Yep, I cannot marry like, this. So, is scary. So this let is me, dangerous. Let me list the things that are going on in Korea and then see if this see if this sounds familiar <laughs> with our evangelical culture, okay? So what happens when women have economic opportunities, but men in the culture still expect women to do all the housework and childcare, to defer to them, mm-hmm. to wait on them, when there's a lot of gender-based violence? When that violence is minimized <laughs> and when women's reports are not believed um, and when there's often retaliation when women make a report, when there's a huge online culture of men in their cultural group deriding feminism, saying feminism is the cause of all the evils in the world and deriding women for not being feminine and for expecting equality. When leaders start saying there is no structural sexism, we're all equal, different Mm -hmm. roles, but we're just equal, you know, but Mm -hmm. equal. And that feminism is the problem. And they're getting rid of any talk of sexism existing, like Mm -hmm. Locke attacking the Barbie house. And at the same time, there's a huge financial crunch where it's really hard to afford housing. Yeah. And all of that stuff is happening right now in North America too. And what happens? Well, in South Korea, the women just stop. Yeah, exactly. They stop dating and there's a great sisterhood. They create a great sisterhood and they just have good lives. Yeah, they're on not their own. lonely. It doesn't no. like that. Like the, that's what I find. So, so that's what makes me happy to see um, mm-hmm. because I, I mean, I'm someone who is married to an awesome man and who has kids who I love very, very much. And I wouldn't be, I, I genuinely don't know. Like I, 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 I've always wanted to be a mom. Mm-hmm. Right. And if I would, but I always knew that if I couldn't find someone who was, you know, worth it, frankly, that I, I would not. Yeah. Um, get married. I would rather not be married than be married to someone who wasn't a good fit. Um, and I just, I'm, I'm so happy to hear that at least the women who are in that situation that I'm, I'm personally glad I didn't have to be in. They're not like they're, they're making amazing community. Yeah. Like they're, they're being each other's village. Yes. Right. And I, I think that's lovely. And, and I think that's something that we could maybe look into how we can do a little bit better over here as well. Right. But, but the, I, the, the, there is a difference though. And here's the difference with the evangelical community and South Korea. So all those things that I read are definitely true in the evangelical mm-hmm. community, right? The incel, the online stuff, the, the blaming feminism, whatever. But in the West, evangelical women have a choice. Yes, they do. Because evangelical women can leave the evangelical subculture, go into the regular world, or go into other types of churches, including some, mm-hmm. and not all evangelical churches are bad. I mean, there's some really good evangelical churches. So I, when I'm saying yes. evangelical church, I'm deriding more the... The focus on the family, yeah. the desiring God, the, the people that like Southern love Baptist. and respect, the yeah. people who like love and respect. You know, they can find other churches where men aren't like that. Yeah. And and so and there and I want to be clear, like, obviously, there are tons of men in Korea who aren't like this either. Mm-hmm. Obviously. Yes. yes. Obviously, the problem is that there's a cultural norm where our cultural norm of sexism is being dismantled by the general population and mm-hmm. evangelicalism is holding on to it. Yeah. Rather, in uh, Korea, it would be reversed where there are there are groups of people, especially young people, it seems, mm-hmm. who are actively working to reverse the sexism in Korea, but they're a smaller group and the larger cultural context of the entire country mm-hmm. it has, has normalized a lot of very uh, uh, patriarchal ideas. Yeah. And it doesn't work. No. Because when you do that... 
that leads to like no fertility, right? Yeah. Like a birth rate of what was it, 0.78 or in soul it's 0.59. Yeah. And, you know, if the evangelical church cares so much about the family, mm-hmm. which they do, and the family's important. Raising kids are important. I loved having you guys, okay? But also like it is it is genuinely important for society. There's a reason why it's a crisis. Yeah, there's a reason why. <laughs> and, and these articles talk a lot about that. Um, but if we care about the family, then we need to stop yelling at women mm-hmm. for not liking the men and start saying to men, why is it that you don't have something to offer? Well, because we read those studies earlier, I think it was last season, where it's not that women don't want to get married. It's that yeah. women are no longer settling for bad relationships. Yeah. Right? So it's it's just that in the past, women have had very few opportunities, mm-hmm. uh, very few options. And uh, so it was kind of like, I get married to the best guy available. Right. Right. And now it's get married if you meet uh, the best guy. Yeah. And that's a fundamentally different. Mm -hmm. uh, That's a fundamentally different choice. Right. And so what's happening now is men are being held to the same standard that women are being held to. Mm -hmm. Instead of for years, it was just, okay. well, if there are 10 guys, I'm going to try to marry the best one. Yes. (laughs) Right. And and that's that's something that as Christians, I actually think we should we should be embracing Mm -hmm. because anything that asks us to actually step up to the plate and become more and to to develop and improve and grow that should be something that we're we're okay with that we're happy about that we're like yeah this will be better for society it is better for society if both men and women are active parents if both men and women are able to keep a house if Mm -hmm. both men and women are both able to do emotional kin keeping and build really strong communities and friendships that is better for society if everyone's doing these things and yet it's being seen as this attack on Christian values. And I'm like, at what point are Christian values just not Christian anymore? Mm-hmm. Um, because to me, I think that, you know, a Christian value that says women not wanting to be responsible for like the equivalent of like, I think it's something like three times the amount, the amount of time spent on the home, even when they're still working full time. How is that not a Christian value? Like to ask men to actually step up and do the same thing that their wife is doing. I think what we need to realize is that men are not entitled to an easier life than women Mm -hmm. just because they are men. Mm -hmm. Men are not entitled to women's bodies, to women's work, to all of these things. And that's what the incel community teaches. And quite frankly, that's what a lot of the evangelical community has been teaching. Yeah, absolutely. And yelling at women over this Barbie movie is just showing it. (laughs) You know, it's like, look... (laughs) We, we just, we want to be able to dream just like boys dream. Mm-hmm. And we also want great relationships. And most of us also want to be mothers, but we're not willing to do that alone. Yeah, we don't actually want relationships that are Barbie and Ken. Yeah. Right? Or Ken and Barbie. We just want Barbie and Ken. Yeah. Like, or Alan. Or <laughs> Alan, exactly. Everyone find an Alan. Yeah. <laughs> so evangelicalism is seeing some of the same effects as South Korea is seeing and that our youngest generations of women are leaving the church in higher numbers than men are. And mm-hmm. this has never, ever happened in history before. Just like the birth rate has never fallen like that before. Yeah. So women have never left the church at higher numbers than men. And so men have never been more religious than women until today. Yeah. And that's what we're seeing in the church is that if you look at generation, I say Z because I'm Canadian, but generation (laughs) Z women, um, religious men outnumber religious women never happened before in history. Yeah. It's just a new thing in the last few years and it's accelerating. And I think 
you know, when you look at millennial women, I think we're going to start to see similar trends. We probably already are. If you look at who's come back from COVID mm-hmm. going to church and who, who hasn't, um, we're going to see the same thing with Gen Alpha. And if we want to save women in the church, if we want women to keep coming to the church, then stop yelling at them for the Barbie movie. <laughs> stop yelling at them for just being women and wanting to just exist as women and not exist as like appendages to men and stop denying that there's sexism and stop blaming feminism for everything for pity's sake yeah remember the Bechdel test okay exactly you know and women are so sick of always being portrayed as bimbos yes yeah well I mean there's a manic pixie dream girl trope there's not this really the equivalent for a man yeah there's not really I mean Ken is the closest we get to it frankly yeah Jesus saw women as people Mm mm-hmm unique people they didn't all have to conform in the same way mm-hmm. and it's okay for us to see women like that too and so as we are finishing up just quick reminder we have limited edition merch that talks about um women and and how they are and that is our beach towels which are about to go out of our store at the end of the summer so oh wow here okay yeah. so we have our... I haven't actually seen this yet. Yeah. So these are our She Deserves Better. Yes. Anyone who's on YouTube can see. Oh, mm-hmm. these actually feel very nice. Yeah. Cool. So these are she. all of our She Should Knows for She Deserves Better. You know, she should know happy isn't the only good emotion. She should know that God is not a husband venging machine, that breaking up isn't a sin, that the first date isn't a proposal, all the that things feeling safe takes precedence over being nice. Yes. Yeah, so we've got two different um, versions of the She Should Know towels. We have um, the the all of our prayer and pegs our biblical womanhood merch um, is available in that too so all of our you know be a biblical woman um, love like ruth hope like anna lead like deborah prophesy like um, miriam believe like elizabeth pray like hannah teach like priscilla convict like zipporah um, win battles like jail mm-hmm. said boundaries exactly like, like vashti jail, but... yeah you know yeah <laughs> So we've got that and then our prayer and tent pegs design as well as in our beach towels and yes. next month we are going to be releasing a new biblical manhood merch to go along with our live like an Allen and do your own thing. So, <laughs> so the biblical manhood is is very fun. I made it. Yeah. So so that we'll be announcing that next week. But take a look at our limited edition beach towels. All of our designs will still be available in our mugs and our insulated cups and all of that. Uh, but our beach towels are going away. And when you buy our beach towels or anything from our store, it helps support our podcast and our blog. Mm-hmm. So thank you for tuning in to this edition of the Bear Marriage Podcast. Um, next week we're going to be welcoming a special guest Wendy Snyder from Fresh Start Families is going to be here to talk to us about permissive versus authoritarian parenting and what we can do instead of spanking Um, because we're going to do an amazing workshop with her on September 14th and so some more information about that is coming up Um, and yeah lots more happening so remember uh, to check out our books Great Sex Rescue and She Deserves Better um, and check out our merch in our store and yeah just keep supporting us and keep telling others about the podcast because it helps it helps us break down some of this really creepy weird stuff that's going on in the church and just get back to Jesus and just not be so weird that should be a weird thing to ask yeah can we just stop being weird this year that's our that's our thing can we just stop being so weird stop you know making a big deal whenever there doesn't need to be a big deal so we can use our energy to make a big deal when there should be a big deal made amen all right see you next week (laughs) bye-bye